recently, there's been a debate over whether or not HBCUs are still relevant, so let's settle it. Cause you see, since 1837 until today, the fact still remains that the HBCU experience is a different world. No Dwayne Wayne. But if you've never been a part of it, you probably can't understand why we know the cheerleaders' entire routines, and yes, we'll do them from the stands. Why we leave football games after halftime, cause we know it's all about the band. Why homecoming is a holiday, a reunion, and a fashion show. And why the cab food is like that one ex who always disappoints, yet you keep going back for more. But beyond all that, HBCUs have a rich history and a legacy to uphold. They're a reminder of how far we've come, but how far we still have to go. What's going on, everybody? It's Travis P. Jackson, CEO and founder of HBCU Pride Nation. And this is Meet Me at the Cab, the podcast. I'm about to swipe in the team. What's up, great people? It's your girl, Zena C. Johnson C. Smith University. It's your boy, Davro T. Massey, representing Winston Southern State University. It's your boy, Darius Welch, representing Livingstone College. It's your girl, Abby Funderburg, representing Winston Salem State University. And it's Rika Pesos, representing the only HBCU in Charlotte, North Carolina, Johnson C. Smith University. And my team, full of entrepreneurs, full of great people that did great things at their HBCUs. You have the conversation, but you also have the syllabus. On the syllabus, you have, did you know what's going to be facts about HBCUs? The game, Never Have I Ever, the bookstore, and the entree. And the purpose of Meeting at the Cap, the podcast, is to bring the HBCU experience to your ears. It's Travis P. Jackson, CEO and founder of HBC Pride Nation, here with episode four of Meet Me at the Calf, the podcast. Before we get started, let me swipe in the team. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Zena C. Johnson C. Smith University. It's your boy, Davra T. Mass, who represents the one, the only Winston Salem State University. It's your boy, Darius Welch, representing Livingstone College. It's your girl, Ebony Funderburg, representing Winston-Salem State University. And it's your girl, Rika Pesos, representing the only HBCU in Charlotte, North Carolina, Johnson C. Smith University. And it's Travis P. Jackson, representing the number one HBCU in the land, the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Why you gotta be so extra, though? No, but seriously, um, did you know? There okay, he is. Facts, what we got? Facts, man. Today we're gonna go into a little football since you know what I'm saying football, a little key point. Everybody been watching it, mm-hmm. been having a crowd like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But everybody been out there watching it though. So let me go in here and see. Did you know? Did you Adam? know? 318 members of the Hall of Fame in the NFL, 30 of them attend, uh, attended the HBCU. 
And we had Mama's song. And it was so amazing, bro. And then you always knew if somebody was from DC because they was always eating on my boy, on Mama, bro. Yeah. And then shout out to, what's what's the, my guy named the entrepreneur that do Mama's song, the Wings of the Wings of Yeah, that's why I had it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. But that's the never have I ever. That's the never have I ever. So, we about to jump to this conversation. We talked about orientation, how we chose our HBCUs, how we got adjusted to our HBCUs. And today, we're gonna talk about the melting pot. The melting pot. The melting pot. I like, like that's a lot. I like, like that. that's, that's nice. I like to eat at the melting pot. I'm trying to take somebody there. Bro, you yeah. got to. Hey. When you hear, when you hear the word, when you when you put HBCUs and melting pot together, like what do you think of first? Variety. variety. Definitely variety. It's just it's it's not I I hear a lot of people get to the HBCUs that they want diversity. And I think is it's, it's for us, all of us who attend HBCUs, we understand that there is diversity. And what you'll know is once you attend one, mm-hmm. the level of diversity that actually is on campus. So it's like this: it's like you know, uh, 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 you know, bubble gum. Right? Bubblegum. Okay. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a shrink man. Yes, he is. Right? Mm-hmm. But when he break it down. It's so many different kinds of shrimp. Okay. You got baby shrimp. Broad shrimp. Broad shrimp. Grilled shrimp. Lemon shrimp. You know what I'm saying? Shrimp toothpaste. Mambo shrimp. No, but uh, but it's you know, so we look at shrimp as shrimp. Yeah. We got to be like bubble gum, you know what I mean? Our school is so many different backgrounds, so many mm-hmm. different stories, you know what I mean? So many different life paths that <laughs> you come across there that from the outside looking at everything you're saying, it was like, yeah. we just all black. Nah, yeah. you get in here and start talking to folks, it's different. It's totally different. Because you also talking about like geographic regions. Right. Um, mm-hmm. California, DC, yep. Alaska, yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Like people from all over the place, mm-hmm. even to just like some of their Africans. Yeah. You got yeah. Asians, yeah. Indians. Mm-hmm. Like everybody attend the HBCU. Like the HBCU was established initially for black, black people. people. Right. But we have become very diversified over time. Mm-hmm. But then also when it comes to diversity at our HBCUs, we have a, a large number of on-campus organizations that fit mm-hmm. almost every ethnicity, almost every skill, talent, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah. And I know a lot of us, we were a part of um, uh, on-campus organizations. Mine in particular was SGA. Okay. So, you know, I did my thing, freshman class president, vice president of external affairs, definitely mm-hmm. yeah. GHO, mm-hmm. everything. So, like, were you all involved in, on, on campus? Definitely. Basketball player. <laughs> I was involved. <laughs> <laughs> I had parts in all. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I was involved, you know. Um, we kind of touched on this at the beginning or whatever, but you know, uh, I, 
dibble and dabble in the gospel choir, you know, dibble and dabble in the track team, football team, um, Mr. Winston State, SGA. Um, and then just from knowing people, like, I wasn't a part of this organization that planned uh, different events, CLMC. Mm-hmm. Um, that we make it hot time for them. Makes it hot time. We make that hot time. Yeah, that's the okay. That's I think that's, that's the MC. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Life marketing committee. They plan yeah. like a lot of events around campus or whatever. So, but like, I wasn't officially in there. But like I was honorary, honorary, honorary. But it's like that sometimes because even I was in cab. I was the cab and CLMC. And I was definitely attended, I think, more cab things than I did CLMC mm-hmm. just because of my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like you, I was sort of kind of like, hey, if y'all need me, I'm here. But, you know, um, it, it made a difference because you were able to see both sides. So, um, and even with like RHA, I was in Residence Hall Association, which came in like later on. And I realized that a lot of HBCUs didn't even have an RHA or they didn't really know what it was. I think it was, at one point, it was just with Salem State that attended a lot of the conferences and then Central um, that attended a lot of the conferences. So we didn't really get to see a lot of other HBCUs there with the exception of us, but Mm -hmm. at these PWIs, RHA was huge. They had the biggest, one of the Mm -hmm. biggest budgets so our budget was pretty nice, and it was pretty much comparable to H. I'm not gonna tell you, okay. it was enough. Okay. we had a lot. Our our budget was pretty comparable to like an SGA because we were, were housing a residence life. Mm. So we were in charge of all those people who stayed on campus, making sure that okay, if you're gonna stay on campus, you're gonna have fun while you're on campus. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I I got to really enjoy spending that money that wasn't mine. That was that was pretty cool. That's a different perspective because a lot of times at some other HBCUs like mm-hmm. RHA, they don't they don't know. Yeah, yeah, and some of them did. But I'm glad because like our advisor went to I think like a Florida State or something, and he's he was talking about how huge it was. There and I think and because he was such a creative, his name was Jeremy Cheeks, and he literally made sure that we had everything we needed, and then some was able to put on some huge events on campus because people were staying on campus. You spend most of your time on campus anyway, so why not be able to have fun? And a lot of times. CAB and CLMC and SGA, they couldn't do everything because they had a budget, but the housing residence life budget was bomb. So we were able mm-hmm. to do more and partner with them as well to put on these events for the students. So I I definitely enjoyed my time. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Miss C. What's up? What organizations were you in? Because you know, you took over your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I really did way too much. I <laughs> I really did way too much. Um, I was in honors college camp. Honors college camp, yeah. yeah. So I did honors college. I cheered. Um, mm-hmm. I ran track. 
I I started the pep squad on campus. We titled it the Fanatics. Me and my best friend BB. Um, yeah, the I fanatics. That fanatics. see, okay. the fanatics was was dope. That was that was interesting. Like, like sporting events, like yeah. Okay, so gotcha. so we would we would um get uh get buses and take the students because it, it didn't make sense. Like the students should be going to, to the, the to the games. Right. Like yeah. I mean, we one year we played Savannah State. And I had to, I didn't have to fight with the, with the uh, school. I really just ran up on, on whoever was in charge. And I was like, yo, it don't make no sense. Y'all sitting here getting money for us to get beat. Cause right. you know, our, our, our team wasn't great. Yeah. You might as well be sending some students down there. Mm-hmm. So we to can cheer them on. Yeah, yeah to cheer least. them on. Yeah. So um, I got them to get a, to, to sponsor a bus. And we took a whole busload of students word, down there. Um. I was I was on the student activities committee, so Jabak. Mm-hmm. So I helped plan the homecomings and our bull fest, which is our spring um, homecoming complement, mm-hmm. uh, and and all of the the different types of events that that um, like what Ebony was talking about. I was on SGA. I uh, my senior year, I was SGA president. So and then of course. Greek life, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Okay. So, okay. you know, talking, I was a, <laughs> You got I some other stuff. Let it go. I think that's it. Benedictorian, you know. That's not a. I don't care. It was a. To me, it's an organization because, <laughs> because you're a leader of a whole class. Okay. You're a leader of your own. Right. Okay. 10 So, I, I mean, I did that too. You know, I, I work with the TRIO programs. You know, and Upper Bound. I was an Upper Bound mentor. So. That's what Trio was. It was like yeah, getting folks to come in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Trio Trio helps the 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 underprivileged student. Gotcha. That makes sense. If that makes sense. So it, it helps welcome them in and helps um, pair them with like upperclassmen to to answer any questions to tutor them if they need it. To help them navigate the school, it's like a buddy system. Yeah, okay. Cool. Cool. Like our legacy leaders. True. I think that is important. Oh, and I was a student ambassador. I think that is important for some people that may not know what an underprivileged student is. For you to explain. I don't know. I, I didn't like the term when it came out. My I don't mouth. like it either. But um, underserviced. Underserviced. Under yes. They don't know. They just um, don't know. They. It, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to backtrack that term and I'm gonna say first year student. I'm a first year college student. Like so this is your your first generation. You've never you've never you you've been plopped down into a whole new environment. You know you're not sure how to navigate things. You haven't really developed the skills to advocate for yourself. So you're being paired with an upperclassman or someone who's been present in the at the institution to help you navigate that like process. Like a peer mentorship program. Yes. 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 Okay. So, um, but it yeah, a trio's real. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that you, makes a difference though you, too. You was in a, you was in the, in the honors in the honors college little court. I was just honored to be in college. Okay. And I and and one thing that I loved about being involved was the relationships that I built with 
other students at other HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Like being able to uh, have a relationship with Jonathan Jackson, Davrell, and they was at Winston to Erica Hilson at Johnson C. Smith hey. to um, Johnny Jones at Central to so many different individuals. Because when you when you're in an HBCU, you're a part of all the HBCUs. Right. And that's one thing that I really really believe. Um, so when it comes to athletics, my guy, yeah. how was that lifestyle, bro? Because <laughs> uh, sports is a very big aspect. I'll be honest with you, it was actually uh, it was decent being a Livingstone or whatnot. It wasn't uh, I want to say a winning team before we got there. I guess you feel what I'm saying. I ain't seen him win a whole game before my whole four years. (laughs) 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 But it was one of them things where it was kind of like the coach had hyped the the uh, the conference up or whatnot. You know what I mean? Hyping certain people up, and that's coming from the Midwest or whatever. A lot of players come from uh, Detroit, and me and my brother come from. Chicago, we kind of had a mentality like, all right, we're going to go down here and we're going to treat it like it was a D1 type thing or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So how we kind of acted, how we played and all of that. But the outcome was we won. So it was yeah, the first right. time in school history with uh, Southern Division champs, best record in school history. Um, that went to, we had went to the championship um, 2000. 2013, but we ended up losing the Bowie. Mm. But it was the first time that we uh, was ranked in, uh, nationally. We ended up going to um, nationals or whatnot, you know what I mean? But it was just, just to see how the uh, alums and everybody kind of came around us. Even though we didn't win the championship and didn't make it for our nationals, they still bought us a ring. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but then, they, you know, we was kind of like, all right, but. We, you know, said we need to kind of win one right, right, right. bring them something back for yeah. the next year. You know what I'm saying? Thanks to their school, you feel what I'm saying? It's <laughs> <laughs> so you took that Girl. loss. Okay. 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 Hey, you know, you can take that one out. That's fine. We are the current champ. Hey, but the way that they finished CIAA last year. I'm just saying. That was classic. It was clean. Oh, no. We're talking about. When I played and we won. Okay. So, you know, but now we end up, uh, it was just a lot of, you know what I'm saying, camaraderie with the whole uh, neighborhood in general as far as Salisbury. Because then they gave us kind of like a a, a men's basketball day, um, Mm. kind of teaching the school or whatever. That's what I mean, the whole nine. So, it was kind of one of those things to where me, I ended up doing, I did up a round as well. So for a lot of the kids to see me playing ball and to see those things and then see us working up a round and, uh-huh. oh, that's my mentor. Y'all want this. Y'all, now we come to y'all games. It was one of those things that's to where cool. it was easy to kind of reach back to them yeah. or whatnot. So then I can say up a round was one of my favorite things to do yeah. for the simple fact the kids really got me hired every year after that. So it's like everybody interviewing process. And then when I walked in, it was like, all right, D, we're going to holler at you. You know when to come. I have a, I have a question. 
Did working with Upper Bound help steer you to going into social work? No. I guess you could say I've been one of them people who's always been uh, giving back Mm -hmm. in the sense to the neighborhood or whatever. So it's one of them type things to where if you was my homie back home, I got you no matter what it is. That's for real. We loyal. You know what I'm saying? But then when we get back, let's go ahead and I'm going to teach you, ah. Teach one, teach we could have did mm-hmm. you this. Same vice versa. My friends would say, ah, we could have handled it like this. It's one of those type things. So if I see a kid, I can be like, all right, hey, you don't even need to do that. To steer you this way, mm-hmm. you can still get to where I'm at. You know what I mean? Right. Understand I'm at where I'm at because of sacrifice and certain circumstances where if you ain't got to do that, cool. But then for those who do have to go that route, and I got to go this route to get here. Let me steer you in that direction because I know what it looks like before it gets there. I've either been through it. I've seen 10 people in it. I've heard 10 stories about it. I can teach. I can point you in the direction of somebody. You know what I mean? And I've always been like that. So coming down, I knew I would end up doing a, a upper bound because I've done camps before them basketball camps for the youth in the neighborhood going to Detroit doing it for kids up there and stuff like that so it's just one of those things that was always in me because I just look at it as giving back to my little homies you know what I mean yeah as well as they I help them they help me yeah like my upper bound kids help me get through summers a couple summers when I was at my lowest points I ain't man you know what I mean? But then they took me in their room and set me down. What's <laughs> good, Mr. D? Who, who, you know we get off on Thursday. <laughs> what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but just to see them was be like, okay, even though I ain't got place to stay, I ain't got this, I would never let them be without. So then it was, here go my clothes, here go this. I buy all y'all lunch when I get paid, even though it might be like, man, dang, how I got to get a telly tonight, and I got to do this. And yeah, they, yeah. Would, they would never know, though. You know what I yeah. mean? But then it's kind of like I'm there to go through it and save them from that. You dig what I'm saying? I'm telling so, you. I'm going to say the same thing in time. You're one of my favorite people, bro. <laughs> like, authentically. Right. You've always been authentically yourself. And if you, if you don't know Darius, you may not, un- you may not understand Darius. But when you get to know Darius, you understand everything. Yeah. So if if you're comfortable, right, talk to your story a little bit, bro, in Chicago that uh, helped make you be who you are, the way no, you are. Uh, with me, it was uh, Lord, me, my brother, my mother, uh, Chris. And I was early, early, early on. She got us out the hood, you know what I'm saying? But... We was there, put like this, she got us out the hood, but we didn't have, you know, everything we wanted. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we got this house, y'all ain't, you know, we right here across the street from it, so I'm in it every day, but I ain't really got to see that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's like seeing her get the degrees and work hard or whatever as a black woman raising two kids and 
we were bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was I was out there. <laughs> yeah, I was out there. I jumped off the porch. So it was one of those things. But it was kind of like I jumped off the porch and she understood because the loyalty to my friends and stuff. You feel what I'm yeah. saying? So she understood when I'm coming in late, but I'm like, so-and-so down there, he need to ride home. We in the eighth grade, the sister in the second, it's 11 o'clock and they got to catch the bus all the way to the opposite side of the city. Okay, no, nah. you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things. Um, I just always wanted to make my mother proud. You know what I mean? I seen her yeah. sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? I had an older brother. I always wanted to make him proud. And then uh, me and my father, we always had a little butthead type thing because I'm just like him. You know what I mean? So I was trying to be like him while he was trying to make me my own man. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we really kind of got into it because I didn't understand that at first. You mm -hmm. feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Until actually I went away. I'm on my own, I'm seeing things, and then I'm kind of like, okay. Life get real. Life get real, you know what I mean? But it was all the things that he taught me already, so I was prepared for a lot of things, even though at the times I might have soft and been down in them, I was prepared for them, you know what I mean? And then to see some of my friends back home, it's kind of like, okay, this person passed away, this person ain't doing so good. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, what can I do to bring something back? You know, it's one of the things where it's like, I want to feed my block and you hear that, but it's kind of like, okay, feed your block, but how you going to feed it? Is you going to harm it or are you going to bring value to it? So for mm -hmm. me, it was kind of like, how can I help my little homie? Mm -hmm. I got a lot of people who look up to me because I play ball in the area. Cool. What can I do to give back? Okay, I know. Y'all got a couple kids. Y'all got some kids. We can get them in some schools down here or just mm -hmm. my little homies in general. Mm -hmm. Let's get y'all up out of here because y'all looking at me for a way. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of one of them things to where I ain't nothing without my city. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like I got to feed my city and give back to it. Now it really just got to be a representation of it. You dig what I'm yeah. saying? So it's just so one of them things where me... That shit caused on Detroit, Richmond, and that's the reason why. That's the reason why I'm doing this right now. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Richmond. You say tell the story, look at your little D like man. Hold on, yeah, bro. This is this is a real thing because we talk. We talking about diversity of thought. We talking about diversity yeah. of organizations, mm -hmm. diversity of yeah. everything at the HBCU, and y'all two of the most powerful people that I know. That's for you. You know, you the little firecracker. <laughs> I mean, similarly, um, Richmond, at the time when I graduated high school, Richmond had the number two highest murder rate in the country. Um, I remember when I left for college, I got a call. It was like August when I was going away for school. My brother went to jail. Um, and he did eight years. So we were, like, by the time I finished my master's program, my brother was getting out of prison. Wow. And I always say, like, now it's a it's a shining moment to say I have two degrees, no felonies. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of the people that I grew up with, similarly, my mom got us out the hood, um, raised two kids pretty much by herself, and was like, no, you're going to school. Like, it was a big thing. 
she went back uh, to community college and got her associates or whatever. But she was really big on like, no, y'all going to school. Like, get out of here. And it's the same thing. Once I got to school, I was like exposed to so much. Um, like I said in the orientation episode, the only time I seen black people in the suit was funerals, church, mm-hmm. court. court. Mm-hmm. Um, so HBC, I always say my HBC experience completely changed my life. Like I was, I came to orientation on probation. Um, and just start getting involved because I was bored. I started getting involved in activities on campus because it was like, all right, school always came easy to me. Um, like my sophomore year of high school, I got kicked out for 28 days mm-hmm. and still finished. Oh, so you was on real life probation? Yeah, like court. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I like academic probation, yeah. like court probation. And yeah, I caught a felony case my sophomore year of high school. Like mm. one of the teachers press charges on me, banned me from the foreign language hall. It was it was a wow. mess. But it so school was easy. Mm. Um my grades were always good, but my behavior was terrible. I, I joke and say I was suspended so many times I was getting in homeschool. Mm. But um Coming to college, it was like I knew, like my mother had like beat it into my head. You can't get kicked out. And it's not like yeah. high school yeah. where you get kicked out if you get a couple of days and you come back. You get kicked out, you're done. Yeah. And right. so I started getting involved in organizations and things like that just because I was bored. It's like there's nothing to do. All right, I want to throw some parties. But I gotta do, I gotta join some stuff. And so that just grew and grew. And so, um, it was my freshman year, the RAC, resident hall coordinator, when she gave me that challenge, like, okay, if you can throw three programs, I'll let you throw a party. I really saw with, okay, we can actually shake some stuff up and change some things. I actually enjoyed throwing the programs more than the parties. So by the time I graduated, I had been SGA vice president, SGA president. Um, I was on the Bullfest committee. Mm-hmm. I had been homecoming committee chair two years straight. Um, residence hall president for New Res Myers. I was an honors college. Um, but it really was like the HBCU experience. I always say I have a lot of love for HBCUs because it is just a melting pot of people, experiences, um, and it was just life changing. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Big dog. Get the wax on, man. Yeah. Wax on. Well, originally, originally I'm from uh, Newport News, Virginia. Oh, wow. 757, you know what I mean? What? So, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. I call wax at home. I mean, I moved down here in fourth grade. So, you know, but yeah, so I live in long enough. I uh, f- yeah, fourth grade. So I went to uh, shout out Magruder Primary School. You know what I mean? Primary <laughs> 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 school. Shout out Farmer Elementary. You know what I mean? So um, so yeah, like and so uh, you know, so educationally, I believe that like Virginia and you know uh, elementary, middle, high school was a little further ahead than. 
give me a county where I'm from. So like, um, cause really, had I been born in North Carolina, I would be a year behind in school. You know what I'm saying? Really? So, yeah. yeah, because yeah, Virginia started, started school late. Virginia started mm-hmm. in September. Oh. Yeah, they, they come in September. My, my birthday's in August or whatever. So, so yeah. So when I moved down here, I was actually a grade ahead. If you want to call it like that or whatever. Oh wow. But but, but the thing about it was is that um, like in Virginia, what they did, they had a little like say primary school K through two. Mm-hmm. So they had like these little advanced classes or whatever. So I remember like I would stay after school. Like a, it was like a science and math club kind of thing or whatever. We would mm-hmm. stay after school, and then sometime they would take us to another school, do programs and stuff or whatever. So, um, the way I was raised, I had two parents, you know, uh, you know uh, well, two siblings at that time. I got three now, but um, but yeah, you know, in church or whatever, you know, what I'm saying like we was at church, you know, like every Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so um, doing that, but I played sports too. So I, um, first sport, sport I played was t-ball, then soccer. Cause my dad was actually over like the inner city soccer. So like, what? Yeah, who was? Yeah, who was? Yeah, yeah was, was in that. Was in that. So you know what I'm saying. So like our church, um, we adopted a community called Riverside. I did by the shipyard, but deep bricks. Yeah, deep bricks. You know what I'm saying? So we ended up working with them. So he was actually a part of a program where they would teach women how to um, get their GED and just not be here to get their own home and like move on with life or whatever. So that's kind of where I grew up in, you know what I'm saying? Cool. So um, being in the community or whatever. So coming down to Waxhaw, kind of the same thing. And so that's why I've always kind of been like in a leadership position. Because yeah. I've just seen that from my dad or whatever, you know. So the thing about um, you on leadership though yeah. is that you like live leadership, bro. Well, like, I mean, you don't even gotta be in a position, but you always been a leader, bro. Cause yeah, you, I mean, because I just wanna, I wanna help direct, make sure, you know, what I'm saying, make sure people are getting the right information, sound information that everybody understands what's being said, so we can move together as a unit. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. (laughs) So yeah, so that's it kind of just translated through my whole life. Um, you know, captain sport team, so like this and that. Because even in high school I was like junior senior class council president or whatever. So that was all cool. Um and then, you know, going to Winston it's just like I kinda just gravitated toward it. Um, I'm a people person though, you know, so I like I like big crowds. Me too. You know what I'm saying? I like being around people laughing, joking, I like meeting people, you know what I mean? And then um then like I always say, you know, I just come on showtime, you know what I'm saying? Oh, so <laughs> so yeah, and I've always been like a uh ambitious person too. So like yeah. doing modeling, acting stuff now, whatever, it it come from that. Even what I do with my career, I left my job two thousand sixteen took off or whatever. So I'm I'm always about trying to help people to progress. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and really find out what their true gift and talent is and exploring that and let that take you where it needs to take you in life. So That's good yeah. stuff. I love our HBCUs. I do too, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just wanna say this one thing too, like what Rika was saying, like you said, like it can't like 
your HC would change Thank your you. life. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Because like, like it, it can like for me, it changed perspective. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, okay, cool, great, right? But like, I mean, yeah, think about it. Like, I got friends who you know came out of high school with a 2.5 or a 2.1 and it's like, you know, most universities and colleges are not going to pick that up. But an HBC is going to take that chance. You know what I'm saying? So you you come in at that 2.1, 2.5 or barely getting in when you graduate. Now you serve in the community. Uh, I got friends who are teachers now. You know what I'm saying? And so they reaching back and helping um, and because our our institution took that time to Take that chance, bring them in, nurture them, mature them. You know what I mean? Now they uh, doing like our slow affairs at Winston Salem State and to learn. The part to, to serve. serve. That's all, yeah. Because I tell people all the time. <laughs> that's what we do. I tell people all the time. Um, an HBCU would take a rags mindset and turn it into a riches mindset. Yeah. yeah. Quickly. Because those that people give up on, the HBCU will invest in them so much exactly. and mm-hmm. just change their life overall. Like for me, I knew I was supposed to go to an HBCU. Um, and I, I, like before I went to an HBCU, my brother got killed in a drive-by shooting. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? It's a lot of people when you speak of diversity that had things happen in their lives. Um, before they went to school, and the loss of my brother is like, wow, I love y'all so hard, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, because of the fact that when my brother died, like, that's what I knew, and y'all know I call y'all my brothers, my sisters, I get on y'all nerves, like, everything, but, but, like, if it wasn't for my HBCU, I really don't think that I would be who I am. From being in SBA, from being in Student Union Advisory Board, to being in PRSSA, to just doing stuff even to my major. Like, if, if my brother didn't die, I don't know what I, where I'll be. Because God, God, will navigate your life, right? And we still on topic, and that's crazy that we like really on topic about the diversity <laughs> of HBCU. Because the thing about it, right, that I heard today is that HBCUs, we are already stories that are already written. You feel what I'm saying? But the HBCU help us narrate and illustrate what our life looks like. Mm-hmm. And that's so real, yeah. Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real, man. Like, I met my sister, Pesos, at Andrew Beck. You know? Um, I'm really, like, in my bed right now. I'm sorry, <laughs> y'all. Hey, but I just feel like it's... I, I really feel like this is a real episode. <laughs> Like, it is really it is. It's real. 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 It's
just like it changed the lives of those that paved the way for us today. Martin Luther King, Nikki Giovanni, Felicia mm -hmm. Rashad. Like, when you just think of black people, when you think about black excellence, HBCUs are all uh, up and inside them, mm -hmm. bro. Mm -hmm. That's why I hate when people say no. See me all was for PWI to get diversity. It's like that's your loss. Right. Because mm -hmm. I met such a diverse group of people right. who all contributed in some way to like either what I'm doing today, um, or like my train of thought or changing my train of thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it should it even shifts like your your hustle mentality sometimes meeting these different people just because the my hustle might look different from somebody else's hustle, but me hearing about your hustle might make me change the perspective of how I move. Mm -hmm. And that and that is the diversity of HBCUs that I think people who don't attend them or don't understand them miss out on. Yeah, I mean you got all your life to be a minority. You be right. your whole life. Right. You know so, <laughs> right. Like, why not? Experience being a majority. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for a little bit, you know, experience being your true self. Right. Yeah. That mean, part. Authentically and unapologetically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be that because that's what's going to take you the furthest in life anyway. Exactly. Being yeah. true. Now, we know that. You might have to coast with your little yeah. bit here and there or whatever. But I'm even seeing now somebody the other day like, bro, I, I don't coast with nobody no more. Like, I, Me neither. White, black, whatever you is. Like, I can talk to you about whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because I try to make sure I'm looking at all areas of life and knowing what's going on or whatever. But, like, when you get me, you get me. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so, so going to an HBCU does not change that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so, and, and as we do know, as we talk about all the time, you got, you got to work with what you got, right? You know what I mean? So when you get to a place where you got everything you need, you gonna excel. See, you I don't even think excel. that they make you code switch. I think it teaches you how to move meticulously, so you're still yourself without having to necessarily code switch mm -hmm. so to speak but they teach you how to do it mm -hmm. to where you're not necessarily changing or altering who you are it's just a matter of okay i can say it like this mm -hmm. still be myself yeah but i can say it or i can move or i can i can do this a different way yeah okay you I like know that. what i'm saying yeah, yeah you're right you're right yeah. yeah so how do i say this how do I say this? I, I feel I don't like to throw a curveball in here. When you heard about HBCUs the first time, you auto, you kind of automatically knew it was for black people. But when you seen other ethnicities on campus, <laughs> what was your reaction? What? <laughs> Now, I'm not going to say that. Is I that think, a little that makes sense? No, because like with Winston, we have the number one nursing program. So we saw a lot of people that were not us. Oh, that graduating class? Yeah, I Back said. Back then, I was saying to be. I said, oh. Yes. I said, oh. That's a program. 
Okay, it's not. It's it's, I mean, it's not. us, but it, but it's not yeah. a lot. It's not as many of us. Right. Because y'all started as a teachers college. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think my first time, <laughs> I was like, oh, and like I said, I I I like the fact that yes, we are HBCU, but we don't necessarily. You're not necessarily somebody you can't go to school here. You know what I'm saying? So it's sort of when you see it for the first time, you're just like. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 made you choose to go here? But then you think, okay, you guys have the number one nursing program. You deserve to get educated like I do, so I ain't yeah. gonna knock you for it. And yeah. if you wanna give us your money, then by all means do you boo boo. <laughs> yeah. But I think too, I think I know me and my friends are talking about how a lot of scholarships are given to them because they are now the minority. Yeah. That's so crazy. So that to me, I'm just like, eh. okay, girl, you got it. But it's, I think it's sort of kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, I'm not going to knock you, but now, and even, and you think about it, when, we, when you apply to Chapel Hill or something like that, you're not getting a, you're not, you don't always, might not get a minority scholarship. You know what I'm saying? So, I think it's just, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just thought they grew up with black people, so I was like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Come on, 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 come with the one, the, with okay, the teacher, yeah, and then except for the um, it was baseball for us. They do a lot, of, like a lot of the baseball players in nursery. Yeah, but like we had like a lot of people from like I guess the like Indy, the West End. I don't know. You know what I'm like saying? Indiana huh? from the island, no. the island. You no, said I, one. I wanted to say West Indies or something. Or Indian. I don't. I ain't want to offend people. You did. You mean like uh, like uh, a rats. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm situations where it's like I appreciate HBCUs for the space that they are that are right like de dedicated to servicing 
black students boss. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like I do th- I agree with what you said. Like as a people we're very welcoming and embracing. Like, oh everybody can sit with us. No, you can't. I don't feel like that. I don't feel like everybody can sit with us. Uh it's no cookout classes as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm here with I'm, yeah. I understand, yeah. You can't come to the cookout. You come to yeah, the like school, some, you can't come to the cookout. Some spaces <laughs> just have to be protected. It's like if I have a house party, right? Like it's some common areas. Like that's just the world we live in. But mm-hmm. then there are some protected spaces. That's fair. And I feel like HBCUs are like black sacred ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel that too. Um, Unfortunately, we, we take federal money. But I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel you on that. Um, I don't know. I kind of have a mixed bag just because me personally, my story. I mean, my my story, I've been all over the place. Like, my, I grew up on a PWI, NC State, you know what I'm saying? But all of my family went to HBCUs. So, I just, I, I see people differently. But when it comes to HBCUs, my whole thing is you are entering into our house. Yeah. This this is our home. Right. So therefore, you have take your shoes off yeah. at the door, exactly. you know, and and that that's really how I feel. But at the same time, I'm very open to learning other cultures. But it's time for other cultures to start learning us. Absolutely. And, and that's um, how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like very much you in somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. And I think but where I have the issue is that we tend to tokenize the white people who come into HBCU spaces. Absolutely. And they can be mediocre and still be celebrated. And I feel like we have to stop that as a people. Absolutely. Like, I'm not impressed because a white boy can shimmy. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, we're going there. Oh, yeah. We're going wow. there. So, <laughs> let me... Piss everybody out. So, I don't know if I'm just saying this just to say it, but it's like a real perspective. Because a lot of HBCs were started with white people money. Right. Yeah. What kind of I mean, I, 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 this country was built on white people's backs. What are you talking about? Right. Better pay for that. That's about to say, yeah, we earned that. That was that You look at a couple of other schools. Smith was started by a white man. By a white? Yeah. A lot of these schools were, but I mean, they had to plant the seeds somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had to plant. So what you saying? Because what I was about to say, can we call it our house? Even though I know it's our house. Absolutely. You know mm-hmm. so we built it. We made it what it is. Did, it did, did white people not call the plantations theirs even though we did all the work? Exactly. Yeah. But was it not? Did they That's not do the same thing? That's why I said it. I knew it was going to spark something. I want to say real quick. Yeah. So let me speak to let me speak to Big Fish Little Pond at an HBCU. Big Fish Little Pond. 
Big fish, little fish. Or the little fish, big pond. Little fish, big pond. I think some all of the above. All of the above. Yeah, because you can come in thinking that you hot shit, and then you learn real quick and be like, oh. But on the adverse, like if it's a small school, because it was this is one thing that floored me when I got to Smith. It's a small school, so it was like you know twelve hundred people. Yeah, and it was some people where I'm oh, like, yo, you, you are only JCSU cute. Like, you. Yeah. Hey! Not JCSU cute! Oh my God! Like, you. Oh my God! Because it's not a lot of people. Because there's not a lot of people here, yeah. You got nothing to compare to. Like, you gotta remember the ratio is seven to one. Yeah. Oh, no. Not really high shit. Oh. That's yeah, all. me and my man had a conversation about this shit. Like, like you got you got so some good. people, some people like regionally. Yeah, cute. like you can you know go anywhere, right. anywhere. Right. Like, okay. right, but some people like they just like you got it. Bad, you know what I'm saying? Don't matter where they go, they yeah. go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that in all areas though, like some people really be feeling themselves. You be looking like you should be mm-hmm. Like, you that's, just camp is cute. That's big that's fish, small pond. Yeah, yeah, Where it's yeah, yeah. like, are you even really cute or are you just known? Yes. Touche. Are you popular like, or I've are just, you respected? I've just got used to seeing your face and so now you're not as unattractive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This your shape. On the flip side of that. <laughs> so, on the flip side of that. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a get off the physicalities of what we're, what we're discussing right now. On the, on the flip side of that, what about those of us that tend to go to HBCUs and then go and which are, are considered small, we're considered small fish, and then we jump into these larger PWI ponds when it's time for grad schools or when it's time to to throw for these bigger jobs, you know what I'm saying? So even the flip side of that, we end up in in situations where we're having to learn our own ebb and flow between, Absolutely. you know, we might have been hot shit at, uh, on campus, you know what I'm saying? But then when we get dropped into the NASCARs and we get dropped into the Wells Fargo's and we get yeah. dropped into these much larger companies, you know, it's like we are are then facing some serious It's a reality check. Yeah. yeah, it's a reality check. I mean, like... Because somebody went to the University of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I... I mean, like I said, I, and I, I've always been, like, the smart kid. And, like, like, I did well in grad school. Don't get me wrong, because that was my money. I knew I couldn't waste it. And I was on scholarship as well, but... Like for me to, it it was sort of kind of like a mm, might want to really look at this paper again, cause <laughs> and I don't even think it was necessarily because it was the University of Miami. I think it was, it was grad school, and it was just mm-hmm. like, oh shit, like I could probably do this paper at about ten o'clock and get it knocked out in undergrad, but in grad school. You might want to start a couple weeks before. Yeah. So I think it was just a reality check. Like I said, not necessarily because I went to the University of Miami, but because I was in grad school and it was just a whole nother oh, ball game. Yeah. And this and they they now that scale is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So um 
And even like like Zena was talking about with NASCAR, I didn't work with NASCAR while I I worked with NASCAR more so while I was in school, but even looking at that, it was just sort of kinda like, okay, like now now we we gotta step it up because it's not just this person with the HBC, this somebody who went to this school and, and, and maybe a Chapel Hill, maybe NC State, or maybe a University of Miami or whatever. So now you do have to step it up and now you have to show what you are made of and show them that, oh, don't think this because I went to HBCU that I can't do the same you. shit and I can't right. do the same thing and sometimes better than you. So and I I'm think make you look terrible. And yeah, and I make right. you look like uh huh, you thought. Like, you know, so they thought that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I feel like that's where HBCU's better prepared. I speak personally, like I was better prepared going into the real world. They don't baby you. Yeah. Like, don't get babies. I say all the time like HBCU students are built tenaciously because you don't you're not given like multi-million dollar nope. resources mm-hmm. um and you still have to figure it out like yep. I, when i entered grad school i was prepared to write my thesis like half of my counterparts were opting out of the thesis option i'm like i wrote a, i had to do a senior graduation paper to to get out of here yeah so i like finished my master's with a 4.0 yeah. while commuting to greensboro mm-hmm. and it was because like the bar was uh, the, yeah the the standard was always in place even in my undergrad yeah yeah so when it comes to when it comes to people saying that the H, that uh, HBC I think we just touched on it but when it comes to them saying that they don't uh, prepare us for the real world what programs because we got to speak about successful programs that we had in our uh, like on-campus organizations prepares you for real life. Everything. About to say everything. <laughs> I mean, and I wouldn't even necessarily. I don't even know if it was necessarily a, a program for me, other than just like standing in line at the financial aid office, like. Or, like the, or just wait or for shit to go left and you have to figure out what you're gonna do like I don't even I wouldn't I know for me it wasn't necessarily a program it was just the people there nobody was there to baby you I mean you find a friend in the office if your friend is off then you gotta figure out something else so it wasn't a program for me I have a um, an example I often people people have been trying to figure out like how I work so fast like mm-hmm. when be where when it's in corporate or whatever people are just trying to figure out how I do it taking your class whoa chill out <laughs> chill out <laughs> so I just remember I was on the uh, I was going to back which is our um, Golden Bulls activities committee. And we were planning homecoming. It was the year we were supposed to have uh, 112. We were supposed to have Lupe Fiasco. And we were supposed to have Monica. And everybody canceled except for Monica at the very last moment. Mm-hmm. Taking that a step back, I was um, the, the publicity chair. And I was responsible for doing all of the graphics for all of homecoming. So... 
I had done them and I had sent the files, the files hadn't been received. So then I went to, uh, I had a hard drive that I was carrying around and the files were due that day. So I took the, the, the hard drive to, to the place where, where I needed to transfer them to and it reformatted everything on my hard, on my external hard drive. So they all reverted to, to raw files and I couldn't open the, the mm. artwork anymore. So mind you, this is like the last day and it's at the beginning of the day and I still have classes to go to. Uh, so my I, I got pulled out of my classes to remake all of the artwork specifically for homecoming in order to make those uh Deadline. those deadlines. So having experiences like that, that one, it changes your entire perspective because it's like, oh, so the buck ain't just gonna stop. It, it's no, no, it's no just like that oh, can go wrong. Sorry, go wrong. anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And I learned that the hard way. Mm -hmm. You know, at my at my institution, but at the same time, that has prepared me moving forward. Now I'm not going to. I'm thinking of of every situation mm -hmm. from as many angles as I possibly mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. because you're not gonna catch me slipping, right? Yeah. You know, and and I, I and I'm appreciative of of, of that element. So I, I'm sorry, I had to I had to slide in. I appreciate you speaking about that because. My bad, sis. Oh, no. I was just going to say, to that point, like, I started an organization on campus my sophomore year, and it, like, really taught me how to run a business. Like, they give you a budget. They give you... And we had people coming, like, as we started to grow it, it was like, oh, we dance. All right, cool. We're going to add a dance troupe. Oh, we model. All right, we're going to add a modeling troupe. And it became like a full entertainment-based organization. Oh, right. And then first I fast class. forward to, right, first class. And then I fast forward to, like, the hoodlums and how we started as a podcast and then started growing mm -hmm. out. And it's like, all right, well, most people. People are like, oh, LLC or business. I'm like, now let's escort it. And mm -hmm. I learned about creating a parent company mm -hmm. and having multiple entities. But I that. learned that from starting an organization mm -hmm. like my HBCU yeah. and giving the permission, one, and the resources to try and, and succeed or try and fail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I'll say about every one of y'all, every one of y'all inspire me, man. Um, and I'm proud of y'all. And then I want to go back to Zena's part about uh, homecoming. Because when I was BPEA, y'all y'all can tell me that wasn't great because it's the best thing <laughs> ever. Bro. To be able to be ahead of a A&T's homecoming, bro. Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty cool. Like, G-Hub, y'all. Cause I had it was a it's a whole story, right? And it's like I was about to have the biggest lineup. I was about to have the biggest lineup um, in ancient history. Gucci Man, Waka Flocka, Nicki Minaj, OJ the Beast Man, Mario, Trey Songz, Carrie Hilson, BS Boys. Then I was supposed to have Drake before Drake got his ankle broke, right? 
And I seen all that crumble in my face, bro. Because y'all ain't have the money. No, we had <laughs> this money. We had like a $500,000 budget. What? For concert. Yeah. $500,000. Because the, yeah. wow. the city worked in conjunction with y'all. And then it was down to like concerts because we had like three, we, uh, we kind of had like three different budgets right. that combined yeah. together. Yeah. 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 He was operating budgets. You know Right. That's all you get for the no. year. Yeah. Rock yourself out. And it's it's a real point, yo. Like, that thing changed my life forever because it fell apart. My, it, because it fell apart. And I was scarred from that for eight years, yo. Because of the fact that I wanted to serve. Because we still get this, this about the Nelson part and being involved, right? Because sometimes we as student leaders can be so involved. Like, a like beautiful man. We literally mm-hmm. are involved. You yeah. know what yeah. I'm saying? And we feel like sometimes being involved is really our major. Right, and we start focusing on being involved more than we focus on going to class. Right, right. Um, but my 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 SBA pre- my SBA president at the time um, went on TV and said that Gucci Man was a thug, and violence this and the third. Chancellor Harold Martin took our name off the concert. In two weeks, sis, we sold 3,000 tickets. And that was in August, bruh. And everything crumbled in my face, dog. And I was about to bring the most money to the city uh, of Greensboro. And when I tell you I cried, I fell in a deep depression, I felt so much and everything just crumbled. That scarred me for a great majority of my life. But what did you learn, though? I just figured out what I learned. But what did you learn, though? I learned that you got to go through it in order to grow through it. I'm here for that. You feel what I'm saying? Because the way that I operate now, I'm still healing from how I was 10 years ago. You feel what I'm saying? And basically what I'm saying to students that's involved right now, mm-hmm. don't make this involvement your life, right? Because sometimes you still got to graduate from school, mm-hmm. period. And even when you win the CIAA championship, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you still got to graduate from school. Absolutely. Don't let student leadership become your major. You feel what I'm saying? Because you're going to need them recommendations. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you got got people from Chicago, whites all the country. You got uh, segments that we got (laughs) to (laughs) do. And and, um, Pesos is about to bring y'all the bookstore real quick. Oh yeah, definitely. So this week in the bookstore is two things we need to check out. The first is Mess in a Bottle. Y'all, I got a real into this brand. Okay. Um, it's messinabottle.com is where you can find them. 
And what's really cool is it goes off the concept of message in a bottle. Okay. So they give you apparel and it comes in a bottle. I oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Super dope. And that's then when a black I woman there, too. Yeah, it's a black woman, Kalila Wright. And yeah. she's a Morgan State University graduate. Yeah. Shout out to HBCU. Beer. Love and Black Girl Magic simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But check their mission out. Their mission is, one, they branded themselves as an innovative apparel company. And the fact that their clothing comes in an actual bottle is dope. Um, It is innovative, but they want to evoke change and create a community of unapologetically authentic humans. And so their apparel has some sort of messaging on it that is like real true. Like one of their shirts says, I'm torn between eating a snack and being a snack. Oh, oh, God. God. Yeah, it's I like felt, that, and that's the way it is. I felt that on the first So that's that's the first brand, Mess in a Bottle. And again, you can find them at messinabottle.com. And then I thought this was super dope, not just because they're like originally from Virginia, but <laughs> Tally and Twan. Um, they're upscale watch or timepiece company, oh. and it's black-owned HBCU graduate. It was started by Randy Williams, who is a graduate of the Auburn State University. Okay. Um, and Tally and Twine is actually the name of an intersection that was once like a really rough area in Virginia, mm. and has since kind of done a turnaround, like the neighborhood itself. The same people that were underserviced in that community now have the opportunity to buy homes wow, um, in wow. the community. And that is like reflective of the brand. They said they wanted to create quality details, attention grabbing pieces that would still be under a thousand dollars. So it's affordable, Word. quality, luxury time pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're really big on like the uh, time pieces are supposed to be representative of turning a dark past into a bright future. Like that. I want to, and then also, I want to shout out Kwame Molden because he has a time piece brand called Spring Break. And they just and they just had a partnership. They just they just had a partnership with Nordstrom. So like they're in Nordstrom right now. So shout out to Kwame Molden for real. The bookstore lives. Yeah. So that's the bookstore again. That's Mess in a Bottle. You can find them at messinabottle.com. And then Tally and Twine. You can find tallyandtwine.com. That's T A L E Y and Twine. T W I N E N.com. Let's go, boy, Debra T. Nasty. And you know, you got to ask the nation. So we asked the nation a question. Um, and the question we asked the nation was, what is your favorite club or organization memory? So let's see who we're going to swipe in. Okay. Um, okay. We got Quasia underscore Monet says, my favorite club slash organization memory was when I was a part of RSA, which is the Resident Hall Association. And we did our first big event, which was a huge glow in the dark dodgeball. Glow in the dark. Do- glow. What? I can't even get it out. Y'all had a glow in the dark dodgeball event. That actually sounds pretty amazing. Yo, 
Actually, a VP of RHA. So Word, that's, that's fine. That's fine. She said the students had so much fun, and it was one of the biggest events on campus. I believe that. Really? Wish I would have been there for that. Yeah. Really? Uh, <laughs> let's see what's going on. So I been real quick. We got okay. The real DD Savage says, "My favorite member being in my organization, women of infinite potential." We will host a battle of the DJs, and the school will come out, and we will have the crowd for them who was the best DJ. That's, that's cool. pretty dope, right that there. Is dope. That's, yeah. that's pretty yeah. dope, right there, man. So, um, we got one more. Let's see. Um, all right, we got uh, Crit nineteen eleven, who says um, his favorite memory was working with CLMC or Campus Life Marketing Committee. Uh, they put on and promoted homecoming events like the comedy show, the Red and Black Affair, and all the various events that went on during homecoming weekend. Uh, while doing that, they got to meet some of the uh, artists that came to the school, like the Dream, they came through. J. Cole. J. Cole came yeah. through. Like, yeah, so uh, quite a few artists came through. So uh, thank y'all for answering Ask Nation. Be on the lookout in the future, but uh, that's Ask Nation. I do have a real quick question. It's like a round table question. What was y'all's favorite memory from being involved on campus? Mr. WSB? Well, first of all, Mr. WSB, one that jump, we see it. Oh. Uh, the pet uh, the, the competition we had, that jump was fire. It was a school age thing, so that was fire. Then, like, when I won... Yeah, Mr. HBCU, bro. When I won that job, bro. Like, yo, that good competition. Mr. Um, uh, Austin from Auntie. Yeah. He was good. Um, Captain Child D College, he was good. Like, those was the top two, you know, um, uh, cats below me or whatever. But, like, no, there was real deal competition. And, but, like... When I won that job, no, like I was on the stage, was answering questions, and it was like all I had to do was answer my question because my oratory was fire. Shout, shout out Miss Dale Williams, though. Yeah, HBCU um uh, connection, Queen yeah. Queens connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she down there, Memphis, Tennessee. Now she was my advisor, the best advisor. Like when you talk about being tip top shape. She made sure I was a tip top take. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Dale Williams though. But that's gonna be mad. Lit. That's gonna be mad, bro. Yes. And then after that, he became the first vice president of HBCU for our nation. That's what it is. We've been together ever since. Ever since, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I think anytime I got to put on a program was was the best for me. Cause I just love to see everybody's reaction. Like we did ice cream socials, we did the big glow in the dark event for RHA. That's so good. You know, um and then I would say even with my major, we got to travel for free. So I gotta go to Phoenix, I go to Alabama. Y'all were harassing. We we I mean we had fun though. We had fun. 
and we <laughs> and we got to travel not on our dime. So yeah. that was that was even better. Say nice hotels too. They were they were nice hotels with the per diem, bro. Yes, per yeah. diem, and the breakfast, and the breakfast, and the breakfast. Yeah, and the yeah, it was it was pretty nice to travel on somebody else. And then you was at homecoming parade. Yeah, we like everything about you. It was your favorite memory. I'm gonna take a guess. It was when Livingstone finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> the rock. <laughs> it, uh, I was a part of the year where they finally did what they had to do. But no, that was that was definitely campus was lit for weeks. Yeah, yeah. It was, right. it was it was epic. Okay, we got. <laughs> Midterms and all type of stuff. How much around. of the celebration do you actually remember? remember right. Listen, listen, we was we knew we was gonna win it that year, so we <laughs> we was celebrating for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. We celebrated the the Southern Division champs twice. We celebrated winning CI. Then we celebrated the celebrations and then. I'm here for it. Now I'm gonna interject. Uh, mine was SGA president and vouching for the for the students to get key cards to get into their dorms instead right. of keys. Because people were, were breaking keys in the doors left, right, and sideways. I did a whole survey 24 hours before I had to go present it to the board of trustees. They approved it. Mm. And now y'all got key cards and y'all don't even know the name. I came in after Zena and it was lit to have your ID card. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man, <laughs> so I, I can't get in. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites was... Um, Every year we had the opportunity to meet the AMC board that started oh, that's sitting nice. in the school. Yeah. And Dr. Jabril Kazan became my AMC father. So like, yeah, man. That's dope. Um so I, I guess it's up to Go ahead, Steve. Back in the day, I had a little lyrical skills, oh. and it wasn't her <laughs> request. I was requested and got to open up for Fab, who was still in my oh, top. Oh, nice. Word. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. So yeah. it goes down there. Rick is a dope, bro. That's yeah. lit. I got to open up a concert for Fab. He was backstage. Highest gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, after we opened for him, we got to like meet him and kick it with him. Yeah, that was that was that. Hey, drop a spoon sixteen of them. Go ahead. You know. Hey, she got it though. She got it, bro. There may be a mixtape somewhere on iTunes. Okay. Now that is a mixtape. So <laughs> I mean, my bad. Look that up. Um. So I guess I gotta end it out with the entree. We hungry. Yeah. We, hungry. we hungry. We need with the mambo sauce. With the mambo sauce. We just got done with Thanksgiving, man. So we just thank God for keeping us here first mm-hmm. and foremost. Yep, yep, yep. But. What I want to tell you all, in order to uh, continue going on through the year and through 2021, I 
I want you to ask God to expose, reveal, and remove anything that doesn't have your best interest at heart. Because we are at a time where it's time to cut off the dead weight. It's time for you to cut yourself off um, so you can become greater. And it's time for God's presence and purpose that he created you for to be revealed and accomplished. So pray that he expose, reveal, and remove anything that doesn't have your best interest at heart. It's Travis P. Jackson. It's Zena Conway. Yeah, as well. Evan Thunderbird and Rika Pay Sellers. And thank you for meeting us at the camp. The podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we out, baby. This has been a Power Podcast Network production.